0: Please mind the gap between the train and the platform. This is Knightsbridge. This is a Piccadilly line service to cockfosters.
2: He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spudman, Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spudman.
3: Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show.
2: Let's get ready. Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman.
4: Greetings. I am Spud Goodman.
3: Seriously. Welcome to our
4: little show. Now I understand you may have landed on us here by mistake, cruising the dial or the web looking for an interesting program to enjoy. Regardless, I will do my best to keep you with us for the full hour. Uh, Don't feel pressured, though, or anything. You know, if something comes up, you know, a better option for you, because I'll totally understand. Yeah, so let's get this thing started before you regain your senses and move on to some bigger, shinier entertainment program. You know, our designated laugher, Gina, is uh, gone tonight. So, uh, Dave, I'm going, to, I'm going to have to ask you to give me some fresh canned laughter because I don't want to work here without a net. <laughs> All right, that'll do. But with me in the studio is our uh, temporary uh, permanent co host, Gerald Holcomb. I admit to whimper or something to prove I'm not making up the fact
5: that you, you're actually here. We, I, I most certainly do exist, Spud. Hello, everyone. As Spud said, my name is Gerald Holcomb. And I, I got to tell you, I'm so ready for the show now. Many man hours have been invested on my part yeah. in preparation for Pre- this Preparations? Me- yeah.
6: Preparations?
5: Yeah.
7: Uh-
4: <laughs> Yeah. You're a freaking co-host, man. What preparations does one in your position have to
5: do? I mean, you're well, not exactly planning the Allied invasion at Normandy. Well, you know what? Whether my talents are fully utilized or not, I prepare for each show like I may be needed to fulfill the host duties if, God forbid, anything happened to you, Spud, during the program.
4: Well, you know, we've this has come up before... And I- I guess
5: that's comforting to the listeners, but yeah. to me, that sure
4: sounds like you're hoping I croak or something here on the air. <laughs> you no, know, I, yeah, I know it would be good
5: radio, but not the best of situations for me in the long term. Well, I can assure you, I have, I've never openly wished or prayed for your demise, but I try and keep those emotions in check the best I can.
8: Be honest, Gerald, and admit it you tripped about an airstrike that would nail him with a direct hit. And there's no shame in that, but quit. Hiding the studio, first aid kit.
4: I mean, I was going to hit you up with this off the air, but before I forget, yeah? keep your ears open for like any part-time job openings. I sort of run into a cash flow problem. You know, are they hiring at your, uh, you know, at that carpet store you
5: work at, like in management? You mean South Seattle carpet and linoleum? No, yeah. you know what? We don't hire inexperienced sales staff. We pride ourselves on our no, highly management. trained associates. But, uh, but if it's retail you're interested in, maybe you need to lower your sights a little. No, Check out I, Orange Julia set them all. No,
4: I'm not really interested in retail, man. I, I mean, you have to, like, stay on your feet all day doing that, right? Yeah. Because right? Yeah. Like, in radio, I've grown accustomed to, like, sitting in a chair or a couch during my work day. I know. Standing for more than, like,
5: a couple minutes is just out of the question. I really need to find something that's more attuned to my comfort zone, I think. Well, maybe you should start at what you're really good at and look for opportunities there. You know, you've got many years on cable to TV and now radio. Um, yeah, but my cable TV show got canceled years ago. Years. Yeah. Maybe. And the radio industry is just it's not looking real rosy these days. People are getting fired everywhere. Well, I know your old cable TV show was pretty offbeat, so... Yes, I don't know about that. That could be out of the question in today's market, but you know, maybe you could repackage yourself in some other niche on TV. Like, games um,
9: changed.
10: How about
5: no. how about checking out a game show host position? A lot of former radio hmm. and talk show hosts have been given game shows. It's a natural fit. A game show well, host for most people, it's a natural hmm. fit. You know, that does sound interesting.
4: Actually, See? a monkey could do that job. So I could still keep up on my daily dose of playing. You know, candy crush saga you know during the show because mm. that's pretty much what i do as you can see right now but yeah you know hey, good idea man thanks yeah so anyway right now i'm supposed to play some music okay this guy has uh, played on our show uh with various bands of his um here is dick Rossetti. uh one more time and this time it's guns and Rossetti, uh and their tune is uh douchebag boyfriend roll it dave
9: we Okay. Yeah.
1: Goodman Radio Show.
0: Hi, I'm Dita Von Teese and you're listening to the Spud Goodman Show. He's a big fetishist, you know.
5: Uh, say, yeah. Spud, well, your first no guest, Marion Ross, is on the phone and is ready to be interviewed. I know she's ready to be interviewed. This is a talk show. I interview people. Well, I know.
4: You know, I have to say, I've seen almost every episode of Happy Days, and, uh, you know, and I did not allow. You know, I am have to say this, even after that episode. You know, you know, with Fonzie, and I did not let peer pressure drive me away from that show. Um, mm. You know, I stuck with it, and though I still don't know what the show writers
5: were thinking about with that water skiing storyline. Y- you know, I think I've seen most of the Happy Days episodes too. But what incident with Fonzie are you talking about? I'm not. I guess I'm not too familiar with that. One. I guess I missed it. Well, consider yourself lucky then. You know, I always
4: thought Joni was kind of hot. You know, when she was a little older. You know, on that Joni Loves Chachi spin-off
5: thing. Uh, you know, I read. Hope that's not offensive. Aaron Moran, who played Joni, experienced some difficulties later in life, though. Well, haven't
4: we all? I mean, I've i got my own issues. and I'm not going to judge her. Okay. Anyway, just just put Marion on. It's going to be an honor to talk to Mrs. C. All right, here she is. All right, please welcome actress Marion Ross to the Spud Goodman Show. Thanks a bunch for calling in tonight, Marion. Oh, Spud, it's so good to talk to you. (laughs) All right, super. Well, as an actress, Marion, your credits go on for days, and we're going to get into some of your many projects. But before we get going, I must state to my listeners how honored I am to be speaking with Mrs. C, Marion Cunningham, from Happy Days. As popular as that show was, you were sort of America's mom for 11 seasons from 74 to 84. So I got to ask you this. Did you ever feel the intense scrutiny from being basically the role model to mothers everywhere?
0: Well, I feel I raised you, didn't I? Look how well you turned out. I'm so proud of you. I
4: owe you, big time.
0: Yes.
4: (laughs) So let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the beginning. You were very active in school plays in high school and later in college at San Diego State. So after your first film, Forever Female, with Ginger Rogers and William Holden in 1953, was Hollywood everything you hoped it would be or was it a bit of a letdown maybe getting behind the curtain?
0: Oh, never! No, when I was I was under contract to Paramount when I was 22 years old. Wow! And it was, the studio was in full bloom. Everything was being shot there. When you went into the commissary, all the big stars were there. It was thrilling, thrilling, thrilling every day. Wow! Well.
4: um so let me ask you this. You you later got involved in television and were on the classic shows in the fifties, you know, like George Burns and Gracie Allen, their show, Perry Mason and Father Knows Best. How did they treat act you know, T V actors back then on the set? Was the craft services food decent or was it a big drop off from doing big movies?
0: <laughs> well, isn't that, it, it's so, we, we went through so many stages. In fact, I did a lot of live television with wow. those huge, huge, big cameras. Wow. And the, and we were under the gun with timing it. And just before the show would go on, they'd say, oh, we're over, we're over, cut out page so-and-so and so-and-so. And uh, these guys would push these enormous cameras and half the time you would be changing your clothes while you're running to the next camera. I mean, it was pretty thrilling. Well- <laughs> Did they have
4: at least snacks back in those days for when you were, you know, between scenes so you could, like, nibble on something, or was it... Was no, it... We,
0: we didn't have craft service. Oh. But when we, in fact, when we started Happy Days, we used to have, on the day we read the script, uh, a bowl of fruit. Wow. And I was like on the table. And a lot of the young apprentice writers who didn't get paid very much, they took all that fruit home that, that first day, you know. They would put it in their pockets so something to eat. But uh, we, so we would go to the commissary for, for our lunch and, and bloody well pay for your own lunch. By the time I did the Drew Carey show, Drew Carey would have a full turkey dinner made I mean, like on backstage for us, we had food all day long. People would come in from other shows. It was incredible.
4: That's why Drew, Drew Carey is such a hell of a guy. We've had him on the show. He's a, he's a, he's a great guy. Thought,
0: yeah, man, that's good to hear. Well, they probably had... One of the reasons they probably did that was they didn't want anybody wandering off to go to lunch. No, 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 no. Food was just going... You ate constantly. So a lot of you could see the crew getting putting on 10 pounds, you know?
4: Oh,
7: wow. <laughs>
0: Well, go. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. And we could even we could even put in our bit. I'd say, you know what? I'd like to have corn. Could we have corn chowder someday? <laughs> you know, we
4: could. <laughs> Sweet. All right. Well, you were later on some of the cool TV shows in the '60s, like Route 66, The Fugitive, and of course, Outer Limits. Did Did you sense then that TV was getting a bit hipper and a little more edgy? No,
0: not not really. It was. It's really only since. 2000 that it's all changed so much okay. I, I just think it's changed incredibly and and we were always were sort of second rate as far as wishing we were on Broadway or you know wishing you were in a big movie but now television everybody wishes they all have their own series I'll tell you. Right, well
4: let's let's touch on Happy Days for a sec. Uh, the pilot was aired as an episode what with uh, as Love American Style on that particular show. It was kind of a spicy series then for Network TV. So did you have any inkling that the show would later become such an institution?
0: None. None at all. We did Love American Style, and they said, uh, "Here, we're going to give you a little, uh, a little contract. We might give you a thousand dollars because we we might we might do something with this little episode." So, uh, what happened was, I think Greece came out all of a sudden. The fifties were a very hot item, so they quickly put together this show love uh, and, and the the it was love and the happy days on the on the f- first show so uh, it, and then we uh by the time we discovered the fawns.
4: Now it really became a hit then.
0: Wow. Well, you raised two
4: sons on this show, Richie Cunningham, a.k.a. Uh, Ron Howard, and also Chuck, played by Gavin O'Herlihy, in the first two seasons and later Randolph Roberts in season 11. So here's the question. Was Chuck the sort of kid who was best left in the shadows as he was a low achiever, maybe a black sheep of the family, possibly a petty criminal, because he never got any screen time? <laughs> Well,
0: you know, we didn't need him. We just didn't need him. We had enough actors. We had enough story going. There was you no know, Gavin O'Hurley he, uh, he was lovely, lovely guy. but we just didn't need. You know, we didn't have any room for anybody,
4: anybody else. Well, I, went, yeah, I was wondering if Gavin maybe later fired his agent or something because, yeah, he didn't, didn't get a lot of screen time, <laughs> all right. Well, you also had to parent a teenage daughter, uh, Joni, played by Aaron Moran. Uh, what were your real feelings about her having, you know, that fling with Chachi, played by Scott Bayo? Because I've, I interviewed Scott on my old TV show, and I don't know if I would want him around my daughters. He's kind of a player, you know?
0: Oh, I know, and she, she fell madly in love with him, and, and so we, we all watched that happening. Uh, it's not a good thing for young people to be in television or to be professional, you know? A lot of responsibility on them, and uh, uh, I don't recommend it. No, better, better to wait. But uh, although Ron Howard, his parents seemed to be able to handle that and raised him so well... So that and Ron is such a wonderful man
4: he might might be the most well adjusted individual ever raised in Hollywood. Would you agree maybe with that
0: i I would think that he was, and so you have to give his parents a lot of credit, like when we would have a big cast party, his father uh would always come and be there, and just as soon as uh you know the party had been going for a little while, he would just take Ron home. and That was the end of it. Aaron's parents were very young and they would party and they would stay till the last person at the party, you know.
5: Ah, Spud. I just wanted to mention that Marion is so right about bringing children into the show business world before they are mature enough to process it all. As you know, with my three children, I have refused to allow them to come to this studio and experience this whole talk radio environment. It would be overwhelming for them. Uh,
4: Maybe if they weren't homeschooled, they would be able to be normal human beings and process everyday things. What's so wild about this show anyway? If I liked kids and could tolerate them, you could just let them come to the studio and they would be just fine. No adverse
5: effects whatsoever. Well, my wife and I disagree, Spud. What with the rock bands you have on, the guests from Hollywood, and of course, the colorful language. It would not be appropriate for anyone under 21 or so. If you're worried about the sound levels with the
4: bands, the kids could just, like, go with earplugs. And as for my Hollywood guests, that after my TV show, ah, now I just speak to them on the phone. You know, most, like Marion here, are fantastic role models. And regarding the language thing, I hardly ever swear on the air. You know
5: that. Well, maybe so. But you've had on a few Hollywood stars that I would not want my kids to be exposed to, uh, like that Roastmaster, Jeff Ross, and uh, oh. Just a great guy. Eddie Haskell. <laughs> Listen, Jeff is a sweetheart,
4: off the air, and Eddie Haskell was a TV character portrayed by actor Ken Osmond. He was a cop with the LAPD after leaving Leave It to Beaver, okay? Jeez. I I guess I wasn't listening carefully during that interview. I guess not. But show business and kids do not mix. Well, being a temporary co-host on a talk radio show is pretty far away from the Hollywood scene. You and your family are safe
5: temporary permanence.
4: Whatever. Just let me get back to Marion. She's very cool and I hope you didn't break up my rhythm with this interview. So sorry, Marion. I am back. Oh, of course. Well, let me let me hit you with this. You later went on to work on many other TV, you know, series and films, but I wanted to ask you about a theater in the state of Minnesota being named after you. The Marion Ross Performing Arts
0: Center. How surreal was that? Uh, isn't that something? It's incredible. Yes. It's incredible, because when you think about <clears throat> being raised in Minnesota in a small town, Albert Lee, Minnesota, about 15,000 people, uh, and you uh, I would walk across that frozen lake, the ice, to go to the, to the movies downtown and dis- and wanted to be an actress. And what are the odds on the, you know, you're going to end up in Hollywood being an actress, the little girl who comes from Minnesota? Right. Wow. It's, a, it's re- I love to think about it because it's almost, it's almost impossible what I did,
4: you know? Yeah. Um, well, one last question about the recognition of your career. And I don't know if you gamble, but I do occasionally wander into casinos. And a person can win a lot of money if you can get five Mrs. Cunninghams on a Happy Day slot machine. The best I've ever gotten was like three Mrs. C's. But your image is desired by many people. I got to tell you that.
0: I know. When, when we discovered that this was going on, uh, we sort of uh, took a stance and said, well, I think we should be paid for that. Yeah. You know? Yes. And we, had to have, we had to go. We had a lawsuit. Can you imagine? Yes.
4: And- I, I read about that and you, you beat the man. That's pretty cool. I know. I you gotta be proud of that. I was yeah, and, and you know, someday my goal is to get five, Mrs. C's, so when that happens, maybe I'll email you or something, let you know, and thank you. And give, give me give you a piece <laughs> of the action. So anyway, all right. Well I, I know you gotta go. So I just wanted to thank you very, very much for spending time with us tonight. It was a privilege to speak with you. Thank you so much. Well there you have it,
3: Ms. Marion Ross. This is one of radio's most famous musical productions, the program that brings you the music of a nation that loves to sing, and whose songs reflect the beauty and romance inherent in its way
2: of life. This is a spy Goodman Goodman Show. show.
9: <laughs>
4: All right, it's musical guest interview time. Uh, please welcome back to the show Vanilla. Gentlemen, <laughs> please once again identify yourselves and what instrument you'll be playing here in a moment.
11: Sean Gaffney, Stratocaster. Cord Taylor, bass
6: guitar. Jay Jarman, uh, no, I don't put the bass guitar, I put the... Guitar.
11: Dana (laughs) Sims, I slammed the drums. All right, super. So, like,
4: outside of uh, doing live shows, I understand you also have dabbled in the soundtrack side of the entertainment biz. Uh, tell our listeners how or where they might find a vanilla tune. I mean, could one suddenly pop up on, say, an episode of Lockup on MSNBC or a Law and Order Special Victims Unit?
6: <laughs> you, you can. You can literally hear us on the Discovery Channel from time to time. Like, Super. Keeping Up with the Kardashians is one of the people who bought some licensing stuff. Uh, wow. A few. A few. Like the gold. Like the like the gold miners or the guys in Alaska with big Beards and things, oh, yeah, yeah, those guys. Cool, all right.
4: Um, well, what, what's the go to condiment, uh, for vanilla at a summer barbecue? Because hopefully, this interview will be a, a public service t- for our listeners. So, share a few suggestions: Cabernet and capers,
6: oysters, raw,
11: yeah,
4: anything else. Or well, maybe it's not a total public service, but all right, we'll, we'll live with that. All right, so as we all know, that Paul is not dead, okay? Well, you know, that hoax was cleared up years ago. So, you know, that leads me to ask, and you guys are kind of inside music guys, is Steely Dan alive? Because I have not heard from him in years.
11: <laughs> is Damn, he the large piston? Yeah. yeah. He's been partying with Pink Floyd.
6: Yeah.
4: Okay, but he is alive. He is alive. Because I never see the name Steely Dan in the newspapers or anything. Like that. Anyway, I guess he's, okay, right. He's in a retirement home with
11: Jethro Tull. That's good good news.
4: All right, so lastly, what are the long-term goals of Vanilla?
6: We hope to play outside the city limits of Tacoma soon.
4: All right, you're reaching for the stars. I know. Super. All right, so so what's the name of the first song we're going to be doing?
6: Don't Lose Your Temper.
4: All right, let's Mm. do it.
5: Logan, every single brought you to your
9: knees. You're headed for a mighty row, and never to be. Your brain is spoiled for goodness sakes. You're headed for a fall. You think you're taking all that you can take, and that's when you recall. Don't lose your temper. Punch it to abuse. You're headed for a mighty row. Ain't to Don't lose your temper. Don't make it now or never. Now. Don't lose your temper. You'll find this getting better. Getting better. Now you take one on your let That's a pain to see. Now the whole hell monkey belt. Memphis, Tennessee.
2: Is the Spud show?
1: There's still more fun and excitement in store in the second half of the Spud Goodman radio show. Right after this brief intermission.
12: Spud Gubman left me, left me in tears. Spud done left me for drinking my beers. He takes the spatula and puts it in the pan. And why he done that, I just don't understand. He grabbed some pencil to quick relief. His indigestion is beyond belief. Spud Goodman! Spud
9: Goodman! Spud Goodman Show!
1: We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show! An exciting
3: camping trip is in store for you. The whole family can go along in this wonderful five-passenger country cruiser by J.P. Glassby Manufacturing Company of Belleville, New Jersey. It folds up and attaches to any car, and is fully equipped with tires and retractable caster wheels, has a sight steel-welded body, fiberglass sides, and a heavy-duty canvas top. Inside the Glassby Country Cruiser, complete equipment, including a gas refrigerator, three-burner gas range with oven and broiler, kitchen work table, portable dining table, and four large bunks. When you leave the trailer at night, Use this big searchlight equipped with a number of 715 leak-proof, long-lasting, ever-ready batteries. If hunting is your sport, you're all set to go with two excellent rifles. A Marlin 336 ADL with six-shot capacity, plus a Marlin small game rifle, model 322 bolt action with three-shot magazine. For the fishermen in the family, two H.L. Leonard handmade bamboo fly rods from William Mills and Son Incorporated. They're seven feet long and equipped with fly reel and double-tapered fly lines of transpar silk. And finally... A 1962 Thunderbird. Thunderbird! The dashing new Ford Thunderbird Sports Roadster, powered by a standard 300-horsepower V8 engine and styled with a fiberglass tunnel cover featuring sweeping sculptured headrests. It's equipped with cruisomatic drive, automatic transmission, power steering, power brakes, and convenient swing-away wheel and steering column, plus optionals of power windows, radio and antenna, and white sidewall tires. The tunnel cover lifts off easily to transform the two-seated Roadster to a four-passenger convertible. And, in addition, it has a standard convertible soft top. This unusual new Ford Thunderbird Sports Roadster will be your new car, if the price is right. This is the Spud Show. Looks just like the real thing.
4: Okay, getting back to what we were talking about before, the only problem with
5: me getting a game show gig is I hate game shows. They totally suck. That's an issue for me. Well, Spud, hating your job has nothing to do with earning a living. If you're seriously in need of additional income, you really need to put your personal tastes aside. Um...
4: How do you apply for a game show gig? Do you, do you uh-huh. fill out an application at like that game show network place? I mean, do you think they have the forms online?
5: Well, I'm sure you're going to have to fill out some paperwork, but I believe the process is your agent will submit your material to the production staff yeah? at the network right. and they'll screen the applicants initially before it would get sent on to the game show network executives. Okay. And I'll warn you, Spud they are very discriminating as to who they hire. A That's game fine. show, it's a very difficult job to obtain. Don't get me wrong, it's not impossible, but take it from me, it's hard. Well, why do you seem so knowledgeable about this? It's, it's like you've already gone through this yourself. Well, I i may have, in the past, dipped a toe into this area of show business. You know, strictly preliminary efforts, though. They were undertaken on my behalf.
4: So, So after looking at your... You know, your application, They then they toss it in the trash right away, because you, did you ever hear back?
5: N- no, no, I never did hear back from them. I did a rough audition tape. My, my wife shot it in our rec room, so the lack of production values might have had something to do with me not getting a fair shake. Uh, you had an agent? H- how'd you pull that off? Well, my wife served on paper as my official representation, but... I made the contacts online in her in my name myself. So, yeah, I know the John Miller route is, is not cool, but I plead guilty. But I got to tell you, Rachel's one sharp cookie, but she's not up on the show business end of things, you know?
4: Man, if I had a girlfriend, I could have her pretend to be my agent.
9: Come on, Spud, you finding a girlfriend is a joke. I mean, let's face it. You're practically broke and couldn't even buy her a freaking Diet Coke.
4: Okay. Um, Would you pretend to be my agent?
5: Well, I I guess I could serve ceremonially in the the capacity, but I, I don't know. No, hey, if I actually do get a game show... No way you're gonna
4: get 10% of each paycheck. And let's just make that clear. Well,
5: the going rate is fifteen percent, What?
4: I, I'm just saying. No. Fifteen percent. Look, I will pretend I am my own pretend agent, okay? I do not need I, I don't that's just way too much. I'm not paying that. So, but
5: do I do I need to shoot an audition tape Wh- though? Is that yeah. Yeah. And what you know what? Do? You know what? You should have the crew that shoots our musical guests here in the studio do it for you. You'd have to pay them, right. of course, but it oh. would be worth every penny as my wife just didn't get the value of flattering lighting. I kind of look like Richard Nixon in the Kennedy debate on my audition tape.
4: Yeah. Good, players, let's play you know, Double Jeopardy. good lighting is a must, but yeah. I'm thinking I'm going to pass on shooting in HD because I don't want those network suits making fun of my errant nose hairs or large pores on my you know face. Maybe maybe we yeah. could go with like a Barbara Walters filter on the camera.
7: Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably probably not. We couldn't afford that. So maybe we'll just like rub some Vaseline on the lens, and that ought to do it. I've heard, that, I've read that that I've I, heard I, that works. Yeah, I, I don't know. Hey, I'm getting kind of excited, you know, about the possibilities about this thing. So, but we still got a show to do. So I think we have another guest. Oh. yeah, yeah. Way.
5: And uh, you know what? They're telling me that your next guest, Tommy Davidson, is holding to speak with you. Yeah, it's been on, like over a year
4: since he was last on this radio show. Remember? You know, but way back, you don't even know, you don't remember this. When I was doing my old FoxNet cable show, I I had him on way back then. It was a long time ago. You know, I had pretty good hair back then, though. I got to say that.
5: Yeah, yeah, but pretty good. I tell you, Spud, it's best not to look back at old photos of yourself. It can only bring great sadness.
4: I know, you know, when I get out of the shower each morning now and get a good look in the mirror, Mm -hmm. a very real sense of... I don't know, disappointment hits. The only thing that gets me out of it is knowing that I still look better than most meth heads. Tweakers really lower, you know, the looks bar, so, yeah. you know, life's still tolerable for me now for the most part, so you gotta give those people
5: that. Well, uh, you want me to put him through now? Dumb, I gonna interview myself? No, that would not be real entertaining, so here he is. All right, welcome back to the show, comedian, actor, Tommy Davidson. How you doing, man? I'm
4: doing pretty good. Well... You know, Tommy, you have a movie coming out, so I'm pumped about that, and we'll talk about that in a second. But first, let me say, you're always a well-dressed man. I remember interviewing you on my TV show like 20 years ago. I, I was like 12. Really? I, yeah, I was like 12. I was a, I was a talk show prodigy, right? Uh, and, and But I felt very intimidated by your fashion excellence. So. Oh, no. Yes.
10: Yes. <laughs> oh, no. I'm serious.
4: So I guess it's natural that you're now out promoting your own fashion line, Sharp Tongue Tied, correct?
10: Yes, yes, you're right. The tongue tie, tongue tie, tongue tie ties and accessories. We got ties, pocket squares, flower lapels for a good price, ten to twenty bucks.
7: Wow.
10: And um, it's going off. We launched last week. It's it's uh Father's Day, graduation, wedding time. So we're right on time with the launch. Got some great ties, some great colors. I'm feeling good.
4: All right. Well, you know, I always wanted an ascot. You know, like the one Thurston Howell the Third wore on Gilligan's Island. But I don't think I could pull it off. Do you guys sell ascots?
10: we do not sell ascots did not go that far as to do ascots and a bow ties I don't, I don't think we're 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 i don't think we're the upper crust kind of company like that i'm going right to the consumer right to the workers right to the guys who are out there trying to trying to take their business game up one level.
4: Alright, you're a fashion man of the people. I like that. Alright, super. Well, let's let's discuss Sharknado 4 coming out on July 31st on the Sci-Fi Network. I am already counting the days, so don't tell me if you get eaten or maimed by a shark, as it would spoil it for me, but I, I take it you were in great peril filming this, because I, I know they have stunned sharks, but I assume there were a few real ones too, weren't there?
10: Yes. Right. Yes, there were. Right. And I did not get maimed, I did not get scarred, I will not tell the end of this movie, but I do know that when I first saw this whole, when I first saw the film series, I said, wow, that is really ambitious. Never imagined that I would be in one of them, but I'm so glad I did this last, this this last installment, Shark, Sharknado 4, because the director, this whole crew, this this, this is a really good movie. Right. Oh, of course it is.
4: All, all three of them, I mean, my God, I... Why... You don't even have to say
10: that. Um, well, I got David Hasselhoff to work with. I mean, oh, come on. Oh,
4: Well, I, I, of course the body count's going to be huge. And I, I kind of, okay, I, I know I don't really want to know what it's going to be. But how about uh, the celebrity casualties? Can you toss out a, a name or two that didn't fare well with these killing machines? Because I just can't wait until July 31st.
10: I don't want to give away who, who... I don't want to give away the mortality rate. In okay. The movie. All right. All right. All yeah, right. because I want, I want people to, 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 to tune into their star. I don't want anybody to go, Hey, man, he's not going to be in it long.
5: Okay. All right. Super. You
10: know, so I won't run the mortality list, but I will say that there's a lot of people in this thing. And there's a lot of sharks and a lot of chainsaws.
4: Ah, uh, yes, there you go. All right, well, well, Tommy, last year you appeared in an episode of Real Husbands of Hollywood. The cast on that show is pretty much the who's who of show business. So how close to real life does it get on that program? Can you ad-lib and toss in some actual dirt on Friends to keep it real?
10: Yeah, you know, you know. luckily I've known Kevin for years and everybody on that show for years, so, and um, Wayne Brady is so talented that, you know, all you got to do is just open your mouth and, And the uh, show wrote itself, you know. And all of a sudden, you know, my Facebook and my Twitter just, you know, rose to the ceiling with Kevin involved because he's, you know, internet turbo superhero dude.
4: Yeah, well, maybe some of that will rub off uh, right now. Okay, well, but I was just curious. Has nobody nobody dropped any real dirt just, you know, just to mess with somebody uh, while, while filming?
10: Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's the that's the thing we always did anyway. We did that on Living Color too. So you we get to just the dirt, do anything we wanna do. You know, you very rarely do you come up do you come into a show where you don't need a script where you can just turn on the cameras and let people just go.
7: Huh.
4: All right, yeah. Um, okay, well, you continue to do uh, stand up around the country. D- do you find much difference in today's audience at comedy clubs from say the '90s, besides a phone recording deal? Because I wouldn't like that myself. I- I'm very protective of my intellectual properties, contrary, you know, to what <laughs> others think. I do have some.
10: but the only h- 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 How do you feel? The only difference is that you can broadcast, you know, my show to the world from your phone. You know, which I don't have any problem with. I actually, you know, at first I was a little uptight. Going, wait a second, but then I said, wait a second. All that means is that millions of people just get to see my show too, you know. And and the you know the the big old creative the big old creative universe has always been able to give me new ideas. So that hasn't changed, and that's not going to change. So I guess I changed with technology.
7: All
4: right, all right, super. I have to cut in here, Spud. Um, excuse me, Tommy. Just one second.
5: What? Well, did you just hear what Tommy said? It directly addresses a serious problem on this show. Your extreme paranoia regarding the security of show material has gotten out of hand. Dare I what? say, you display pathological paranoia in this area. Listen, you have nothing to fear. The world is not out to get you, or or should I say, your material. You really need to give me a show schedule so I know what's going on here. No can't do. You remain a security risk. Me? Remember, yes.
4: Just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they are not after you, or my material
5: in this case. And that's not my quote, by the way. Well, look, Tommy just said he adapted to the new world where technology does allow the sharing of information. And there's a big upside when you stop and consider... For him! Well, w- ...what it can do for you, well, and in this case, the show. Embrace it, Spud, as this attitude is not going to help you get a game show host position, that's for sure. Oh. I will when that Mad Men guy, Matthew Weiner
4: does okay. He's really smart and he goes all NSA with everything about Mad Men. I love that show. He must know what he's doing with his cone of silence on that show. And if, if I do allow you to get a show schedule before the actual show, you know you're going to end up telling your wife, your kids, and no. even maybe a few Facebook friends who's, who's on the show. I
5: can't have that,
10: man. Can you guys hear me?
5: Our executive producer posts everything on social media before we go on the air. It makes no sense why I'm being freezed out. Sometimes in life, things don't
4: initially make sense, but later, down the road, it becomes apparent how wise certain decisions are.
5: Spud, yes, you really do need to talk to someone about this condition. It seems to be getting worse and there's no shame in getting some help with it. I know someone who... No, don't go trying to
4: label me as Phil Spector, okay? Well, I don't not. carry handguns around. I don't lock everyone in the studio either. I, I, know. I just don't trust you with my intellectual properties, okay? Now let me get back to Tommy before he falls asleep. Well, this discussion is not over. We can continue this at our next staff meeting. Hey, Tommy, I'm back. Okay, no problem. You know, I had to towel off as I'm, I'm working up a good sweat here. I, I think I'm one of the hardest-working talk show hosts in the industry. So where was I? Oh yeah. Um, well, you know, we're discussing the possibilities of me getting a game show host on uh, on the show. So ha- have you ever done one? I mean, you have the fashion sense to pull it off, because man, because you got to wear a suit in that job. And actually, I bet you guys have a lot of accessories that I could that I could and, and, and reasonable and reasonably priced ones. If I ever did do this, you ever you haven't done a game show
10: have yeah, you? we'd be perfect for you. All right, we got we got ties from every you know. i name made a tie off every off of every city. We got some beautiful colors. Anything you wanna pull out your closet from shorts to jeans whatever you want to wear with this stuff, you can wear with it. So even if it's the price is right or family feud or let's make a deal, whatever it may may be just tongue tie will tie will tie a tie around you.
4: You make it not sound so distasteful to have to dress up. I have, I have to check this out. All right. Well, I know you know I gotta let you go because I know <laughs> you, you got stuff to do. You know you're a busy guy. So our listeners can check out your new fashion line at sharp. Uh, excuse me, ShopTongueTide.com and and for sure catch you on Sharknado 4 coming out on the Sci-Fi Channel on July 31st. Okay.
10: So. Hey, I'll, thank I'll, you, man. I'll, have a good day, man. Thank, appreciate it, man. It's really
4: cool. Thank you so much, Mr. Tommy Davidson.
8: It's great to be at Trump Tower. It's great to be in a wonderful city, New York. And it's an honor to have everybody here. This is beyond anybody's expectations. This is the Spud Goodman Show.
6: Once again, Vanilla. Let's hear songs about software development.
9: Between. He retreated from retreats, it seems, always a bit of a bore, now his job's in Bangalore. He will still on heart with the click. never took a day, never called in sick, so we showed him the door, now his job's in Bang, job's in Bang, job's in Bangalore. And he shot all those papers, he finished every chore, and so he was SHUT!
12: This is the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Yeah, this, is, this has been Charlie Murphy on the Spud Goodman Show. Where we put it down for real. That's right.
5: Uh, Spud, I'm supposed to inform you, your last guest, John Stossel, is ready to go.
4: You know, I've read he's a really nice guy. We may not see eye-to-eye politically, but from watching you know, him on Fox News,
5: he, he definitely is not wishy-washy on the issues, so he should be interesting to speak with. You, you know, Spud, as I am a longtime conservative, would you feel more comfortable with me handling this interview? What? You, you, you don't think I can interview a conservative guest just because I'm a bleeding-heart
4: liberal? I resent that accusation. He's a libertarian. And yeah, I may not know much about that religion, but I'll wing it and it'll be fine.
5: Uh, it's it's not a faith-based group, Spud. Most libertarians don't believe in religion. That's why I'm a Republican myself. Uh, uh, are you sure you don't yeah, want me to do this interview? No,
4: I'm more than capable, so butt out and put him through.
5: Yeah, very well, but I, I'm here for you if need be.
4: Please welcome Fox Business Channel host and author John Stossel to The Spud Goodman Show. How are you doing? Pretty good. All right, super. Well, if there's anyone out there listening... Now, who's not familiar with your career as a consumer affairs expert, you know, on TV and in print, they must have been living off the grid for many years. Because Translation, you're really famous. You've been doing this for quite a while.
8: Yeah, 300 years or something like that. Yeah, there you that go. That was the old days when, because of our repressive government, people were only allowed really to have four or five channels, and I was on 2020, so I got 15 million viewers
4: that's right well john some have labeled you as a contrarian and i'm guessing this does not bother you much correct because you like to mess with people's closely held perceptions
8: but i'd really prefer it if everybody just agreed with me
4: oh there you go that that's i feel that way myself well if you were like this as a kid i bet you got tagged for disturbing others a lot in class for asking too many darn questions to the teacher did that happen
8: no and when i started as a reporter I was a garden variety leftist and calling for more government regulation to fix consumer problems and I I I was with the mainstream
4: oh all right Well, the central theme of your show on the Fox Business Channel is government is bad and people are are smart enough to make their own decisions without any oversight. Are you 100% sure on that people are smart enough part? Because have you taken a close look at the choices of the average American these days? Not that I think Big Brother's a good thing, but, you know, maybe limits on a few things are not a bad idea, like how many fried Twinkies one can consume at state fairs before they're cut off. Stuff like that.
8: Uh, Well, no to that. I think if people want to eat a thousand Twinkies, it's their body, and government has no business interfering. But you're right. People are really stupid, lots of us, and the the problem is this assumption that government is going to make it better. I believed that until I watched the regulation fail again and again. And government isn't always bad. We need government to keep people from killing each other and and stealing from each other and Have some pollution control rules. That's a good point. And have a defense against foreign invaders. But it's when government tries to micromanage the rest of life that it makes life so much worse.
4: Well, you know. I don't, I'm not an expert on this by any means, but their libertarian philosophy is an appealing one. But outside of novels, has it ever been put to the test in terms of governing, po- governing policy in like an industrialized, multicultural country? I mean, like living at the Playboy Mansion sounds enticing, too, until you figure out you're never going to get a good
11: night's sleep.
8: Well, it was tried best in 1776. Okay. And the founders created a government where they would say things like, the government that governs least is best. And we had very few rules and we went from poverty to the most prosperous nation on earth. More recently Hong Kong, Singapore, New Zealand, Australia, even Canada now is more free than the United States and doing better. So it hasn't been tried 100% as people get wealthy. Their tiny brains tell them, you know, there ought to be a law and we keep passing more. They never repeal the old ones when they pass new ones and over time we are encrusted with stupid rules yes, and but
5: yes well, you know as a Republican I've been telling you for a long time that government was bad um, maybe now that John Stossel says it you'll finally believe it well look I'm not crazy about a lot of stupid
4: laws either it's just that i trust my fellow man even less than some dumb bureaucrat in a cubicle you know when it's every man for himself the odds are pretty high i'm gonna come out on the losing
5: end it's nice to have a referee when it gets ugly have you ever played any game without a ref well we did just fine in the olden days when men were men Sure a few cattle and horses went unaccounted for back then but
8: I can barely understand you
5: remember before Obamacare we were free really free are you sure about that
4: I don't know yeah, y- yeah you know, I'm personally really really slow on the draw i I always get the gun caught in my belt or something you know when I practice draw in front of the mirror I- I'm just horrible at it oh, yeah. you know and if we did one of those time tunnel flashbacks to the olden days, uh, Man, I'm just partial to a country where people aren't hanging out in front of my apartment looking for a spare slice of of bread or
5: or tofurkey. Being free is nice, but at what cost? Starving people get on my nerves. Just do what I do. Look the other way and don't make eye contact. That's the key. Block it out and it's not there. It's like it never happened. Whatever, I I gotta
4: get back to John. So just let me finish up here, okay? All right, John, I'm back. My apologies. I'm okay. Well, you are a proponent of free market-based health care in our society. That's what I, I am aware of that. But um, what do you do in a society like ours where 45 million people live below the poverty line and a great number of others are still, like, I don't know, underwater following the, you know, the Great Recession? How, how are these people going to pay for health care if they get sick, if it's all on a cash carry kind of thing?
8: First of all, there wouldn't be so many people poor if government didn't take so much money from people. Government has no money of its own. So all this money that government is spending to make things free is taken from people. Still, you have a point. There are some people who are mentally ill. There are always going to be people who are poor. They can be taken care of by charity, or if there must be government, Medicaid. Uh, It will never be done as well by government as it would be by charity. But if more of it, at least, is taken care of by the customer, it will be better. The best medical care we have the places where it works are things like LASIK eye surgery plastic surgery mm-hmm. the waiting rooms are nice they play movies they don't keep you waiting very long the doctors give out their cell phone numbers and their uh, and their email addresses they communicate with you because they have to compete for your dollars
4: I remember that woman uh, Sue Loudon from Nevada, running for the Senate in two thousand ten, said people should go back to bartering, like like maybe a chicken or something with their doctor to pay the bills. But my doctor's a vegan, so that wouldn't work. So how would how would that work?
8: Well, bartering never worked that well because yeah, your doctor may be a vegan, but that's why we invented money so we could trade more effectively. I, I think she was just making a point. That at least it would be direct between doctor and you. And for a long time, poor people paid with chickens or whatever. And it isn't the best system, but it's better than third and fourth parties making the decision.
5: Right.
4: Well, John, I'm with you on your recommendation for, like, limiting the filing of frivolous lawsuits for sure. You know, McDonald's has paid enough, right, for all those hot coffee mishaps. But would you acknowledge the need for some route for the average citizen to challenge corporations or moneyed individuals for willful misdeeds?
8: Sure. Okay. It's just that in America, is the only country in the world where I can sue you and wreck your life, takes five years of your life, takes all your money... And at the end, a judge or jury says, you know, Stoffel, your suit is ridiculous. You're just harassing him. And I can walk away. I don't even have to say I'm sorry. In every other country in the world, I have to pay your legal fees, at least. They call that uh, the English rule, as if it's this weird British thing, but it's the rest of the world rule. Only our system gives the lawyers so much power.
4: Right. Well, I know if I ever ordered, like, a burrito from Taco Bell and there was a rat in it or something, I would at least like a few coupons for free tacos or something for my pain and suffering. That's just me. But anyway, all right, I know you got to go. You're a very, very busy man. So I want to tell everyone again that everyone can catch John show Stossel each Friday night at 9 p.m., 8 central. I very much enjoyed our conversation. I've learned a lot here. So thank you so much for calling into the show.
8: Thanks for having me.
4: All right, Mr. John Stossel.
6: president Obama. Obama. The media said president Obama had failed. The Republicans were saying he and his cabinet should be jailed. They said no way he could turn around the economy as that ship had sailed. But the economy now has a chance to be one that's hailed. So back off and give president Obama his due or you can just ignore the facts like Fox News. I'm done here. (laughs)
1: The Goodman Show. Some people like it. You need to go
5: buy a nice-looking suit. A suit? I I was only joking with Tommy earlier. Well, yes, you do understand. Game show hosts' work attire are very expensive suits. You know, they're an essential part of your position. They give a host a degree of gravitas. Look, there you
4: go again with that gravitas word. Ooh, very impressive. You know the, well, the suit thing though is, is going to be a deal breaker for me. As you know, I will not wear a tie. You know we've discussed this many times in the past. My bad experience with that auto erotic asphyxiation deal has just really turned me off to anything that's around my neck.
5: Yeah, I- I'm aware of that. But but your current financial state calls for you to make concessions here. Remember. This is not radio we're talking about, Spud. I I don't understand how you've pulled off wearing what you did during your cable TV show all those years. Uh, I've seen many of the episodes on your YouTube channel, and frankly, you look like a hobo most of the time. Hey, what's your problem with hobos? They are my base, okay? All right, so... Anyway, to be honest with
4: you, the reason why I was able to pull off that casual Friday look you know, yeah. every show was, I had a friend at the cable network and he let me dress whatever way I wanted. Oh. It was pretty cool.
5: Well, well, I'm here to tell you, those days of the TV industry are long gone. I say, we go find you a nice Armani or Versace this weekend.
4: Well, no, no, those, those brand names, I, I don't know exactly what they are, but they sound really expensive. Why, why don't we just swing by that men's warehouse? Cause you like you can like buy one there and get like eight free suits too. It's, it's a killer killer I, deal.
5: No, I I don't think that's accurate information. You must have misheard the ad. Okay,
4: okay. Well, maybe I could borrow a suit for the audition tape. I mean, why buy something that I may never need to actually wear if I don't get a
5: game show host job? What sides do you wear? <laughs> no, no offense, but your body type is not real common with men your age. Yeah, uh, how much do you weigh? Like one forty-five, one fifty? No, you're you're more in the petite department. No, one sixty something, I think, almost.
7: Yeah.
4: But, okay, I get. It. I mean, but it's too bad I can't fit into your stuff, you know, because. You own, like, what, a couple dozen suits? And all I would need to really do is buy a couple
5: things from Tommy Davidson's site, you know, those accessories, and I'd be be good. Well, actually, I own six suits, but my wife rotates the accents. You know, ties, pocket squares, cufflinks. Those types of things can give the illusion of a large wardrobe. I continually get compliments on my attire at South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. Look, you're going to have to compensate the show for that last free plug because you're way over the limit this month.
7: Oh.
4: You know, I'm mean, i th- I'm just probably going to have to rethink this whole game show deal. I know I need money badly right now, but at what price? If I, if I have to sacrifice my dignity, um, it's, it's just not worth it. I think I'm just going to hit one of those payday lenders, you know, and, and that's going to, like, buy me some time
5: with all those bill collectors oh, calling. Oh, yeah, but but they charge such oppressive interest rates. You know, in essence, they're loan sharks.
8: Gerald, please don't denigrate a shark yes their bite is greater than their bark but payday lenders will repossess your soul simply on a lark
4: but I'm pretty sure they don't break legs or anything think about that in worst case yeah. scenario I, you know I go the bankruptcy angle hey, how many times can you file for that I'm not still not sure
5: uh, I, I I don't really have I, any not gonna idea. I'm going to
4: Google that when I get off the air and, and see if I still have like at least one more filing left. Uh, anyway, all right, I need to sign off now. I, I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao.
1: The Spud Goodman Radio Show is... Written and directed by Spud Goodman. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Original music by Michael Spotts and Tom Harmon. Video director, T.J. Pites. On-air talent, Rob McGee, Annie Coleman, and Tom Nolan. Production assistants, Carrie Tompkins and Trent Modello. Spud's Greek chorus is The Folk Singers in Hell. Live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicist. Opinions expressed on this show do not reflect those of the station, the sponsors, or any living person except Spud Goodman. Copyright 2016, Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. Stay tuned for an eclectic mix of music. Stay tuned for captivating talk. Stay tuned for insightful analysis of the Spud Goodman Show. Stay tuned for the Spud Goodman Post Show Report.
13: Welcome everyone to the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. My name is Ivy Quinn and I will be your host tonight as Lawrence is away on assignment. He's doing his new position as the Spud Goodman Show's public sector food critic.
4: Okay, all right, super.
13: We miss you Lawrence and uh, this is a hard time to have you gone because I need to say that this will be the very last post show report. I believe starting next week, all stations that carry the second hour will be airing a classic episode from the past. Anyway, I've been drafted to serve as the ship's captain tonight, and as this vessel sinks permanently into the sea, I will do my duty and go down with it. Yep. It was my pleasure to be the host of the very first post-show report, and I guess now I will be the very last host. And um, I kind of take comfort in the symmetry of this, although I won't lie, there is a little bit of sadness and... um I do want to say regardless of the gallows humor around the show right now um, we're still going to bring you a really great show and and if you want to know why it's because we are professionals. Tonight we also have with us the show's highlight guy Derek who will be serving as somewhat of a co-host. You can say hello to the audience if you want.
14: Hello everyone. I am Derek and I will be the co-host on yes sadly the last post show report. I will be bringing you insightful commentary Witty repartee, and of course, highlights from Spud's first hour as always. Though I have just been informed of my new position on the Spud Goodman show commencing immediately, a job that I am incredibly overqualified for, I will nonetheless fulfill my obligations tonight.
13: Yeah, I I heard that now you're going to be Spud's personal assistant. Good luck with that.
14: Super. (sighs) You know, I won't lie. I am very disappointed with this decision. With the loyal following that I have cultivated on this show and, of course, my highly acclaimed podcast, You would think Lori, our executive producer, would have found a position to commensurate with my job skills. I pretty much graduated from a broadcasting school.
13: And I heard you're still a few credits short of graduation from that online program. Um, I hope they're around longer than your guy Trump and that university of his, so maybe someday you can actually finish it. Mr. Trump's
14: university has been portrayed so unfairly by the liberal media. I would not hesitate to enroll there if I had sufficient funds, but... I won't be eligible for a student loan until I pay off the online broadcasting school bill. Wow, super.
13: Well, we all need our dreams to keep us going. So, uh, Derek, do you know anything about being a personal assistant? It's a Very demanding position. Say goodbye to your own personal life. Spud's a really needy guy.
14: Yeah, I am going to have to check out just what a personal assistant does. I'll have to let him know my boundaries, too. I mean, there are some things that I will refuse to do. Like, super. I heard he wants someone to clip his toenails I don't do feet. A
13: personal assistant has to be willing to meet all the needs of his or her boss. You know, I have read a few horror stories about some Hollywood stars. Be grateful that Spud's a small-time radio guy. Maybe he won't be that demanding.
14: Is there a union attached to the personal assistant position or anything? I'm going to have to look into that.
13: I need to introduce our panel now. We'll figure it out later. So we'll start with Dave on the soundboard. Welcome.
1: Good evening, Ivy. It's great to have you back in the studio again, although it is very bittersweet since this is our last episode of the Post Show Report.
13: I know. And we also have Mike as our engineer.
6: Hey there. How are you guys doing?
13: Doing all right. And uh, we have Trent as our production assistant.
5: So I know this is supposed to be a sad night and everything, but I'm really hungry. Do you to have some food?
13: I, I'm glad to see that you're still able to prioritize, Trent. That's good. Um, and of course, Carrie, our intern from Pierce College. Well, thank you. It's great to be here.
14: You know, back to what I was saying before, you know, I, I just hope he keeps me in the credits still because, you know, I need that need that credit on there as a personal assistant. I mean, for sure, I'm going to be an important part of the Spud Goodman show. He'll see that.
13: Well, as long as you keep him supplied with a fresh bottle of Pepto and super, with some women who possess extremely low self-esteem, you should be fine. So let's get started with the music portion of the show with something from Nina Simone. This one's titled, My Baby Just Cares for Me. And following Nina, we have the Ramones with, We're a Happy Family. Whenever you're ready, Dave.
15: Please. the star and even leave a rocky something he can't see is something he can't see I wonder.
9: What
2: is this? this is the Pulse Show Report. Once again, here's your host, Ivy Quinn.
13: I'd like to welcome the band Vanilla back. Thank you so much for sticking around for the second hour.
5: You're so welcome.
11: Well, thank you.
13: Uh will you guys reintroduce yourself in case we have any new tuner-inners?
11: Sean Gaffney guitar.
13: Cordial Super bass. Uh,
6: Jay Jarman, guitar?
11: Yep. Dana Sims, drums. Super.
13: Um, and so I'm going to ask you guys a couple of questions, try to be probing and, and uh, thoughtful, but I'm wondering, did you choose vanilla because it's rich and smooth and elegant, or was it because those other fancy flavors are so condescending, or is it some other reason altogether?
11: After Jay's time in prison, we thought Rocky Road would be a bad choice, so <laughs> we thought we'd go with vanilla. But what, an accurate choice.
13: Was was it was it flashbacks? Were you having a little PTSD?
6: I still
13: am. Okay. So well. In fact, right now I am. Okay. Well, we'll 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 move on so that uh, we can Ivy, keep. I'm,
14: I'm going to jump in here real quick. I need to ask a question. Uh, I, I apologize I in, in the, advance. Uh, I heard you guys in the uh, first hour talk about how some of your music is being licensed on shows. Yeah. I was wondering if any of you guys would ever uh, consider lending your music to the uh, Donald Trump campaign. I know a lot of musicians are turning against him, and uh, he needs some he needs some good music to walk out to. No. Is that is that a soft note? Like maybe you'll think about it,
13: Derek.
11: That's a capital N, capital O, apostrophe, apostrophe. Okay, uh, all right, super. Let, let's
13: apostrophe. find something shiny so we can distract Derek. As for I'm a not second. the
11: songwriter, though, we should see what he offers first.
6: Yeah, yeah I, I mean, we, we we're open to negotiation, but we have to have absolute artistic control. All as right, to I'll put it down as maybe respect to <laughs> the content. Yeah.
13: So with respect to your art, uh, in high school and school, did you guys do band, theater, any of that good stuff? Or?
6: No, I, I, I always figured there were guys who did sports and then there were guys who, who did music. It's male banding behavior. Uh, I didn't do either one in high school, though. Wow,
11: super. Actually, I did both. I played okay. sports and then uh, started playing. Okay yeah I, I did band in school and then I did band in the city and told school to go shove it super yeah, I did the band thing too
13: so so you feel arts in the schools and any extracurricular really well, arts sports important for the kids
6: yeah sports failed yeah. me
11: and one of these guys just did the band too is
13: is that why you ended up in jail <laughs> Was fun for a while. Or is that too? Is that too?
6: Uh... It's deeply personal.
13: Okay. Well, then why don't we move on? Uh, what are you gonna play for us?
11: Uh, speaking of Walla Walla and Jay's time there, uh, this song is about wine, Cabernet. So enjoy this song, please. <laughs>
13: And Derek, do you have highlights for us?
14: Uh, I do. I actually have three wonderful highlights for us tonight. And the first of which comes from the Marian Ross interview where she talks about one of the uh, lesser known Cunninghams on Happy Days.
0: Now it really became
4: a hit then. Wow. Well, you raised two sons on this show, Richie Cunningham, a.k.a. Uh, Ron Howard, and also Chuck, played by Gavin O'Herlihy, in the first two seasons and later Randolph Roberts in season 11. So here's the question. Was Chuck the sort of kid who was best left in the shadows as he was a low achiever, maybe a black sheep of the family, possibly a petty criminal because he never got any screen time? <laughs>
0: Well, you know, we didn't need him. We just didn't need him. We had enough actors. We had enough story going. There was you no know, Gavin O'Hurley. He uh, he was lovely, lovely guy. But we just didn't need. You know, we didn't have any room for anybody, anybody else.
4: Well, I went, Yeah, I was wondering if Gavin maybe later fired his agent or something because yeah, he didn't didn't get a lot of screen time. But, I, all
13: right. Well, you... so do you think there was a secret backstory for him?
14: Maybe maybe it's like one of those things they wanted to leave up to the audience, give them a little little something aside after the show was over to talk about. Did you ever feel like you were Chuck in the happy days of life? You know, I kind of felt that way on the show sometimes. I felt like I was a very underutilized part. And
13: uh... I think what we're going to do is just move um, back to the music. So we're going to lead off with an artist that a friend of Spud's, uh, Sean Nivens, turned him on to, Bob Wayne. And I guess he kills it live. Mm. This song's called Till the Wheels Come Off. And after that, we have Del the Funky Homo Sapien with Mr. Dobolina. Oh, yeah. (laughs)
2: Fall off this motherfucker! Oh!
12: Oh! I know I'm drunk now, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I, for- I forgot my favorite man sitting over there.
9: His name is Mr. Davolina. Mr. Bob Davolina. Mr. Davolina. Mr. Bob
1: Davolina. Mr. Doubleene Mr. Bob Double Mr. 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 Bob Double Mr. Mr. Bob
12: Double Mr. Doubleene Mr. Bob Double Mr. Mr. Bob Double Mr. Bob Double Mr. Mr. Bob Mr. Bob want to quit you really your fraudulent behavior You're gonna make me flip And then an army couldn't save you Why don't you behave You little rug rat Take a little tip from the tabloid Because I know I'm not paranoid When I say I saw you tryna to mock me Now you and your crew are on a mission Trying to hawk me it isn't happening. Your lip pose. You used to front big time. Now I suppose that everything's cool since the style of apparel you adopted. You used to make fun of, but now you wanna rock it. So you gotta kick it with the homie. But DEL is already hip to your cronies. Me and CMP's thought about this, but never have we seen a brother who would ever like Mr. 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 Diabolik. want to stop at any school. Friends could be fraudulent, just you wait and see. First, he was my money grip, then he stole my honey dip. Mr. Dabalina is a serpent. Don't you agree? The little two-timer resembles Edgewama with jeans and a dirty white hoodie. Seems like he wouldn't be a snake or woody. Disguises come in all sizes and shapes. Notice the of the snakes. They all catch the vapes even though last year there was GQ. Took a lot of time before the D.E.L. could see through the mask. All I had to do was ask the emperor and Kwame. And my man responded, they were bomb Fraudulent eh? you flow with the strength of Hercules. The way you're on my dick must really hurt your knees. You need to take heat and quit being such a groupie. Ever since I did a little show in Loopy, I never saw a groupie like you. But what is funny is you wanted to be down with my crew. But D.E.L. is not down with any clowns of justice. So I would suggest that you try to impress some Impress the because you don't impress me, double-ena. The style of dress is not the key, Dabalina. It's on the mind and the heart, so you should start by remembering you gotta pay a fee, Mister Double, Mister Bob Double, Mister Double,
1: Mister Bob Double, Mister Double, Mister Bob Double, Mister Mister.
13: So, Derek, I believe it's time for your second highlight.
14: Uh, yeah, we've got uh, the second highlight that comes from the Tommy Davidson interview. And uh, Spud asked him the hard hitting question about uh, sci fi's live shark budget in the new Sharknado film.
4: Right, you're a fashion man of the people. I like that. All right, super. Well, let's let's discuss Sharknado 4 coming out on July 31st on the Sci-Fi Network. I am already counting the days, so don't tell me if you get eaten or maimed by a shark, as it would spoil it for me, but I, I take it you were in great peril filming this, because I, I know they have stunned sharks, but I assume there are a few real ones, too. Weren't there?
10: Yes. All right. Yes, there were. All right. And I did not get maimed. I did not get scarred. I will not tell the end of this movie, but I do know that... When I first saw this whole, when I first saw the film series, I said, "Wow, that is really ambitious." Never imagined that I would be in one of them, but I'm so glad I did this last, this this last installment, Shark Sharknado 4, because the director, this whole crew, this 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 is a really good movie. Right. Oh, of course it is.
4: All, all, all three of them. I mean, my God, I why... You don't even have to say that. Um, well,
10: I got David Hasselhoff to work with. I mean, oh, come on. Oh
4: well, I, I, of course the body count's gonna be huge, and I, I kind of okay. I, I know I don't really want to know what it's gonna be, but how about uh, the celebrity casualties? Can you toss out a, a name or two that didn't fare well with these killing machines? Because I just can't wait until July 31st.
10: I don't want to give away who, who. I don't want to give away the mortality rate. Okay. In the movie. All right. All right. All yeah, right. because I want I want people to, to 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 tune into their star. I don't want anybody to go, "Hey, man, he's not going to be in it long."
5: Okay. All right. Super.
7: You know,
10: so I won't run the mortality list, but I will say that there's a lot of people in this thing, and there's a lot of sharks and a lot of chainsaws. Ah,
4: uh, yes. There you go. All right. Well, well, Tommy. Last year you appeared in.
13: So is this like the new litmus test for a who's who is if you get on Sharknado, if you get eaten? I
14: think so. I think that's like the bar. Like that's like where the bar is at for like breaking into Hollywood and that kind of stuff. Who, who would you like to see in the new Sharknado film?
13: Um, well, he did mention the Hoff. And uh, I really enjoyed his theme song for the recent movie, Kung Fury. And he mm-hmm. played the voice of the car, which was exciting. So I'm looking I'm looking forward to some more of his work. But I don't know. Maybe I'd like to see Gwyneth Paltrow get eaten.
14: Okay. That's a good one. What about over here on the uh, panel there? Uh, I'm waiting for like, you know, Sharknado
1: meets Friday the 13th and Rocky. Ooh.
14: Jaws they, versus Jason.
13: They could do like a free willy and free the sharks and like, then make it family-friendly and start selling toys. That would be a yeah, good yeah. We could have a
14: Michael Jackson hologram perform the uh, the theme song for it. I like where this is going. We're going to, we need to write these ideas down and start pitching.
13: Definitely. So now we're going to move into some more music. We're going to lead off with someone Spud calls the show's house band, Trees and Timber, one of my favorites, and their tune, Amazing People. And following that, we have a nifty mashup with Data Rock, James Brown, and the Beatles titled Fa Fa Good. Let's do it, Dave.
1: Once again, here is your host, Ivy Quinn.
13: So this is where you get a few seconds to plug your podcast? Is that right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm tr- I'm trying to follow the schedule I was given, but is this a joke?
14: <laughs> you obviously have not heard my podcast. It is about no. to shut down the server who hosts it. Uh, the demand is absolutely unbelievable. Absolutely mind-blowing. Super. I, um, I mean, I don't want to brag, but right now it has to be the biggest podcast out there.
13: Huh. Your uh, hyperbole sort of reminds me of someone. You know,
14: if that is a crack shot at the future leader of this free world, President Trump, just remember, it's not hype if it's true. Success comes to those who who possess the good sense to offer the people what they need, even if they may not be aware of it yet. I look forward to the day when America will be great again. That's for sure. I and millions of other citizens of this country dream of a day when feelings, fairness, and the right thing are a distant memory.
13: Super. Yeah, welcome to Thunderdome, I guess, if that happens.
14: So, the newest episode of Derek's podcast will be available Monday, and will feature all five tracks of my new rap album. It's a don't-miss episode for sure.
13: Right. Um, Well, now I feel like we need some music pretty badly, so let's begin with Everybody Loves a Clown by Gary Lewis and the Playboys. And after that, we have something from Spud's favorite band, the Sonics, and their live cut, of the witch but um first up we're going to do that uh, jerry lewis kids song hit it dave last highlight Derek
14: man last one and uh so this is mankind's last highlight yeah this is the last last one that all our listeners will get to hear so I hope you all enjoy it with that said this highlight comes from the John Stossel interview and in this clip he talks about uh mainstream libertarianism
8: that it makes life so much worse
4: well you know I don't I'm not an expert on this by any means, but their libertarian philosophy is an appealing one, but outside of novels has it ever been put to the test in terms of governing po- governing policy in like an industrialized multicultural country? I mean like living at the Playboy Mansion sounds enticing too until you figure out you're never going to get a good night's sleep.
8: Well, it was tried best in 1776 okay and the founders created a government where they would say things like... The government that governs least is best and we had very few rules and we went from poverty to the most prosperous nation on earth more recently Hong Kong Singapore New Zealand Australia even Canada now is more free than the United States and doing better so it hasn't been tried a hundred percent as people get wealthy their tiny brains tell them you know there ought to be a law and we keep passing more they never Repeal the old ones when they pass new ones, and over.
13: Can I ask you a question to clarify? Because I think this is more in your wheelhouse than mine. When he says Canada's more free, is he talking about the socialist-styled um, medical program, or can you help me there? I was a little confused.
14: You know, I'd have to go back into uh, my my junior my junior Trump uh, program email and find out what the what I was supposed to say about that. Oh, um, oh! I'm sorry. I didn't mean to put phone. you on the spot. No, I, I got it right here. Hang on a sec. Let me look. Uh, oh shoot! It went to my junk folder. I'm sorry. Let me. Uh,
13: really, I I thought you would have added that address by now.
14: And, you know, I, I I need some help with my email. Can you help me after the show? Yeah, can yeah, we'll Take a look at it. Okay.
13: But well, then, what do you think, Mr. Trump would have to say about Mr. Stossel's opinions?
14: You know, I think uh, I think he would talk about how you know like even though they said that canada's more free we're going to make america great again cuz that's really the driving point is like that's what he wants to do
13: and, and and what is great what can you define great
14: well i mean we have to elect him first like he's not going to give away he's not going to give away the surprise before like
13: so we can just expect a general awesome level of well-being
1: we've got a big surprise coming yes
13: yeah my kids used to do those too big surprise. We were never really thrilled when that happened, but uh, I don't know what to tell you, Derek. The final moments come.
14: Don't you think we should do a couple more songs first?
13: Oh, okay. I guess we could do that. Alright. So our very last set of music will begin with the Sex Pistols, God Save the Queen, and we will follow that with a tune from The Cookies, Chains. Here we go with the Sex Pistols. <laughs>
1: This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report, the very last segment of the very last show. And here once again is your host, Ivy Quinn.
13: So now for really and truly, the final moment has has, has come, and um, it's really, really hard. Um, This has been a very enjoyable gig, and, and I've really enjoyed most of my time hosting the show, except maybe the exception of dealing with Spud and one other minor player in the organization that will be remain nameless because I want to be gracious, you know, and, you know, and on a positive note, it's, it's been fun, but, you know, I didn't know what I was getting into when I first signed on here, but I really had a good time meeting a number of amazing musicians. And that's probably one thing I'm going to miss the most.
14: You know, I think I know that other minor player you were referring to. I won't say the name out loud as I don't want to embarrass them publicly, but, yeah, that person right, really super. did get on my nerves, too.
13: Really? Oh.
14: Yeah. I. You know, I guess this will be my last chance to really speak to the listeners. So I just want to say that I hope I. I hope that everyone enjoyed what I brought to the show. I want you all to know that I really, really, really did give it 110% each and every show.
13: Y- you do know that that's not really mathematically possible, right? Super.
14: It, Look, it's just an expression, okay? They well, get then it.
13: why didn't you give hundred and twenty percent or hundred and forty?
14: I don't want to overdo it. I mean,
13: okay, fine. Well, anyway, let's let's bring in the panel now because they've always been fantastic on the soundboard. Dave, it's always been fantastic working with you,
1: and the feeling is mutual. I've got a lot of happy memories to put in my demo tape and or wherever you put memories.
13: I I, I I'm going to keep you right here and right now. I'm I'm pointing to my heart.
1: That's good that you say that because this is this is radio. So as a radio therapist, you would say, "I will keep you right here in my heart," which I am now pointing to, my deepest, fondest memories.
13: Um, and Mike, I don't know. Thank you. You're a great engineer. I don't know if you can top that.
6: No, that's impossible. So I won't even make an attempt to. But I can I can honestly say that I've enjoyed working on this show.
13: Yep. A lot. It's always a lot of fun. I look
6: forward to it every week.
13: And thank you so much because you're fantastic. And Trent, our former intern and now production assistant, we do appreciate all you do.
14: Oh, yeah. Um, Good night or whatever. So I'm ordering a pizza. Yeah, extra pepperoni, please.
13: And, uh, I again, Trent, Trent, we thank you. And, uh, lastly, we'll thank our college intern, Carrie. We really have appreciated you, too, sweetie. I've had a great time tonight. Thanks for having me.
14: So, are you going to end with something nice about me? Uh, you know, it it would be, you know, proper and all.
13: Something nice. Okay. Um, Derek.
14: Has a great beard.
13: You are here now and your presence is so available that All right, super. Um, it's really nice to have you in this place while you're here with, as Dave said, your fantastic beard.
14: Yes. And...
13: Um, Derek, always
14: remind- Derek
1: always reminds us of the importance of voting this November.
13: Yeah, get out and vote, people.
14: Yeah, we thank you. We really do have to get out and vote and make make America great again, people.
13: I think that's super. And Derek, I, I just I don't want to gush; it would be embarrassing. So, um, unfortunately, you know we're we're running low on time. Well, so re- there's there's not much more d- I can do. What?
14: Not even? Not even a thank you?
13: Very well, Derek.
14: Yes, Ivy.
13: Um, Derek. Yes, Ivy. Derek.
14: Ivy. Thank you. Yeah. Was that so tough? You know, I I really... Truly.
1: The Spud Goodman post show report is written and directed by Spud Goodman. Executive producer Lori Madsen. Produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Associate producer David Deere. On air talent Annie Coleman and Derek Schneider. Live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Production assistants Kerry Tompkins and Trent Botello. Theme music composed and performed by Brian J. Martin. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicist. Copyright 2016, Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking.
4: Super. All right, super. That is not super. All right, super. All right, super. Yep. All right, super.
7: Super. Keeper. Keeper.